This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Best shout ever. Remain standing as Miss Jody comes. Reading from Ezekiel 13. Then this message came from me, the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the false prophets of Israel who are investing their own prophecies. Say to them, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits the false prophets who are following their own imaginations and have seen nothing at all. O people of Israel, these prophets of yours are like jackals digging in the ruins. They have done nothing to repair the breaks in the walls around the nation. They have not helped it stand firm in battle on the day of the Lord. Instead, they have told lies and made false predictions. They say, this message is from the Lord, even though the Lord never sent them. And yet they expect him to fulfill their prophecies. Can your visions be anything but false if you claim this message is from the Lord when I have not even spoken to you? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because what you say is false and your visions are a lie, I will stand against you, says the sovereign Lord. I will raise my fist against all the prophets who see false visions and make lying predictions and they will be banished from the community of Israel. I will blot their names from Israel's record books, and they will never again set foot in their own land. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. This will happen because these evil prophets deceive my people by saying, all is peaceful when there is no peace at all. It's as if the people have built a flimsy wall, and these prophets are trying to reinforce it by covering it with whitewash. Tell these whitewashers that their wall will soon fall down. A heavy rainstorm will undermine it. Great hailstones and mighty winds will knock it down. And when the wall falls, the people will cry out, What happened to your whitewash? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will sweep away your whitewash wall with a storm of indignation, with a great flood of anger, and with hailstones of fury. I will break down your wall right to its foundation, and when it falls, it will crush you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. At last, my anger against the wall and those who covered it with whitewash will be satisfied. And then I will say to you, the wall and those who whitewashed it are both gone. They were lying prophets who claimed peace would come to Jerusalem, 
when there was no peace. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Amen. I'm going to give the Lord a hand for the word. Thank you, Jody. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being part of our house today again. We're in the middle of a teaching called uh, The Truths of a Skeptic. And it's all the things through my life following God that I have come across in the Bible that I scratch my head and go, that can't be true. But having put it to practice, found it's true, and now trying to explain that you know, to my children, to myself, and then to be able to stand in front of people and explain it is what I've been attempting to do here. Uh, let's go back to the scripture that Jody read. Here's Ezekiel 13, 1 through 3. Then this message came to me from the Lord, Son of Man, prophesy against the false prophets of Israel who are, and I highlighted it for you, inventing their own prophecies. Say to them, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits the false prophets who are following their own imaginations and have seen nothing at all. Here's our thought for today. Does God really speak to people? Or is it just their imagination? And I grew up in a church that uh, by denomination would fall under the phrasing of Pentecostal. We were, I think my parents would attest to it, we were a very live church. There was singing and shouting and running and dancing and crying and altar calls every night. And uh, the Christian terms of getting slain in the spirit and falling out. But being raised this way, there was something that became very familiar, and it was the phrase, thus saith the Lord, or God told me. And in my church, it was just normal. It was normal to hear somebody use the phrasing, thus saith the Lord. It typically went like this, church service is going on, and then somebody would speak in another language, in tongues, and then there would be a, a long pause, and we would wait Typically, it was the same one or two people. And it would, after the tongues, would generally go like this. Thus saith the Lord. And then there would come a, an interpretation. At the end of that, we would all clap. Some would cry. We would cheer. God showed up and spoke to us. And we would move on with the service. And that was the norm, almost, of many of the services. Of Somewhere in the middle, someone would speak in tongues. Someone on the other side would typically start out with, Yay, saith the Lord. Or they would run through it and then end with a check mark, Thus saith the Lord. And as soon as they would say, Thus saith the Lord, it just sealed the deal. God showed up today. God spoke to us today. Some cry again. Some shout again. Uh, hair stands up on the back of your neck. Whew, wasn't that good. And then as you grow up in that, you realize that it's not just one or two, but it becomes the phrasing of a lot of people. God told me so. God told me to tell you. Uh, God put this on my heart for you. The Spirit said to me. The Holy Spirit told me so. And you just become used to it that that's just what it is. The Holy Spirit, God, breaks down out of heaven and talks to us humans. And then us humans deliver it to other humans and... Uh, thus saith the Lord became very normal, but what I noticed as I got older is it became the trump card. It became the rook, the ace in the hole, the one-eyed jack. Because if you said, thus saith the Lord, it just basically cut off any opinion, this is just God. 
So deal with it. Whatever we said, it's thus saith the Lord. The problem with that is I'm not debating on whether it was or was not a thus saith the Lord and does God come and talk to humans and then humans say what God told us to say. It's just I, I, I became wise enough to know that there's that which sounds like God and that which sounds like me. And I want to just put it on the screen of that which sounds like me and tell you a little bit of what I've heard that was blamed on God but sure didn't sound like God. And all of what I'm going to share with you are genuinely things I've heard through the years. God told me that you are going to be my wife. I like that, right? That means every girl needs to obey whoever the boy is. The Lord told me in prayer that I was going to marry them. God told me when I was praying to drop out of school. The Holy Spirit told me that I need to do this. The Holy Spirit told me to get off social media. Then the Holy Spirit tells them to get back on social media. Then the Holy Spirit tells me to quit the job. Then the Holy Spirit told me to go get another job. But then the Holy Spirit tells me to quit school. And then the Holy Spirit tells me to go back to school. Then the Holy Spirit tells me to break up with them. Then the Holy Spirit tells me to go back with them and help them know God more. And it's just all about the Holy Spirit and God telling me and God speaking to me. And that's fun when it's just us. But what happens uh, in the church especially is when leaders begin to use thus saith the Lord to manipulate people. And I've grown up enough to been in services enough where prophets come and say thus saith the Lord. If you'll give me a hundred dollars, I'll give you a word of the Lord. Let me tell you what God's telling me for you. Let me prophesy to you and tell you what God wants to tell you. The Holy Spirit told me you're a Jezebel. The Holy Spirit told me you have a spirit of Ahab. The Holy Spirit told me there's a spirit of Python in the room. The Holy Spirit told me the Shekinah glory has left the house. And we all just kind of throw these terms out there because when I use God, it trumps everything else, meaning just shut up because what I'm about to say is, God, you just need to obey it. The problem even deeper is it gets into the leadership of the church and then you start seeing men and women of God use thus saith the Lord to manipulate sheep. Uh, thus saith the Lord, if you leave my church, you'll be cursed. You can't leave. God wants you here. And you say, well, I feel like the Lord told me it's time to leave. No, the Lord told me that you need to stay. And if you leave this church, you're going to be cursed. And so the people stay because now who's hearing God? And it's definitely not you because I'm the leader. And then I say, thus saith the Lord, by me being the leader, you need to submit and listen to me because that's what the Lord would want you to do because I'm the leader. So therefore, what you're hearing has to submit to me because I'm the leader. And how dare anybody touch the Lord's anointing? And so really I leave you no room as a leader. I can manipulate sheep with thus saith the Lord. I can get you scared to even live life because what if I go against what the preacher says and my life becomes cursed? Because he would know best. He knows more to hear God. He can hear the Lord for me. He can. And so if we're not careful, even preachers use God's name to justify their agendas when it's really not even God. And so we kind of figure out, well, what do I do? How do I hear God? And, and it, you know, those are, those are kind of the more spiritual, but get, get to the real perverted. 
the cults that rise up and the men that say, hey, God told me that I'm the Christ that is to come and this girl and this girl and this girl is to marry me because that's how you're going to come holy and some perverted religious leader has 15 brides, many of them underage, but he's populating the new kingdom. Why? Because thus saith the Lord. Thus saith God, everybody drink Kool-Aid because they're coming and thousands of people die under the auspice of God told me so. It's why Netflix documentaries are so cool because there's people out there that really believe they hear God. God told me to murder these people. God told me to kill that person. God told me to break up with my my wife. There's a woman that was part of our family years ago. She said, the spirit told me to divorce my husband and marry this man. I remember my mother saying, don't do that. That'll be much shipwrecked. No, God told me to do it. God told me to divorce my husband, who was a multimillionaire, and marry this guy. Problem with that, she's in her 50s. This guy is in 22. So she has a word from the Lord to leave her husband, marry the 22-year-old, because thus saith the Lord. She did it. Her children went rogue. Her husband got bitter. She ended up rock bottom with nothing. The, the boy that married her, gone and left her, but thus saith the Lord. And there's people today whose souls and marriages and families are ruined because we said, thus saith God, and God told me so. And marriages are broken, and children are messed up, and church people are messed up, and we don't even trust people anymore. So we just put walls around ourselves and try to do religion and we don't even understand how it works. Well, that's kind of how I grew up and not in my church per se, but just in the stream of thus saith the Lord and God told me so and you need to listen to me because I'm the leader. So here's the thought. God really does speak to us as his children. I wish I could say he doesn't. (laughs) It would be a lot easier to just go, no. The eternal creator doesn't talk to us. But if he doesn't talk to us, what's the point? What's the point of the relationship? So in all of the, the weird things I've heard growing up, thus saith the Lord, you leave my church, you're cursed. All the things we trump with, thus saith the Lord. God told me, yay, and all the things we say religiously. One thing I can't deny, reading the word, God does speak to humans. Here's some scripture to back it up. Jesus. But you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. And then he just kind of draws a line in the sand, almost as if he's assuming something that should be normal. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Here's the issue with this. I'll be good to debate it, but I think it's valid. If this is Jesus only talking to the people that were going to be with him on the three years he was in ministry, okay, we're good. But it seems like he's referring to all of his sheep. Not just the ones that were with him in that three years, but he's like, well, my sheep hear them, I know them, and they follow me. So obviously when he says they follow me, he's not just talking about the the three years he's got a group of guys following him, like, I think he's talking about even now. Like, even now there's people who... So here's, let's just say this. Do we believe in 2021 people still follow Jesus? Do we believe that those that are following Jesus would know who they are? 
Victoria Kate, you think God knows who you are. All right, well, if I can follow him, he knows him, then what's the next natural assumption? He still talks to us. He still speaks to us. Here's another scripture from Paul. Since we're living by the Spirit, follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Now, in other words, God just doesn't speak to me through a prophet. God just doesn't speak to me through some dude on a TV. Like every day, he's, he's wanting to live with me and talk with me and lead me and guide me. He's wanting to be a part of every decision I make. This is so weird because how does he do it? How does he talk to me? And then this final scripture Revelation 3, Jesus again to seven different churches. I just pulled it out of one, but it's the same phrase to all seven churches. If you got ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says and understand what He's saying. He he intimates that when you do this, your life is fulfilled. You overcome in life. You're better for who you are if you learn to listen. So my question would be, why would Jesus tell me to listen if He's not speaking? So... So I I have to land on this eternal God that is in the realm of the unseen, the creator of the universe, in some weird way, likes chatting with us. He likes to talk to us. He likes to communicate with us. But it gets really weird. Like, how does he do that? How does God communicate with us? How does he speak to us? What does God sound like? How do I know it's God if it is God? How do I judge this thing? So I felt felt like what I would do is just run you through my life and how I worked it out. Because I've just seen some dumb stuff. There's been times I've felt like I heard God, but it wasn't God. And how do you balance it out? And what does he sound like? And I hope I can help you. Here's the first one. A $5 bill... 17 years old, Mark Evans, and God spoke to me. There was no Bible verse. There was no prophet. There wasn't if I give an offering. It was me sitting in the middle of a service with a $5 bill in my pocket, and I heard a voice. I wish I could tell you what the voice sounded like. I don't know. I just heard it in my heart, and it said this, Give your $5 in the offering. It didn't come from the guy taking up the offering. It resonated in me. I know it. This is my opinion. I know it had to be God because no 17-year-old thinks to give away $5. At least then. I wanted to keep my $5, but I felt this resonance of uh, uh, something inside me talking to me that I could hear in my head, but I couldn't hear it verbally, but I could hear it here just as clear as you hear me. Give your $5. I gave my $5 that night at 17 years old, and less than an hour later, I got $20 back. And one of the first times I could remember in my life that I perceived, I heard a voice that was not of me, but was something else that I deduced to be God, was connected to a $5 bill. To this day, when I see a $5 bill, I go back to that moment and think, man, God used a $5 to speak to me. How weird is that? (laughs) The second thing God did to speak to me that was very meaningful in my life was a red light. I had my life pretty planned out. I knew what I wanted to do with life. I knew what my direction in life would be, and I'm going to Bible school. I've already been accepted to Bible school. I already have an apartment to live in in Bible school. I wanted to be in ministry. I'm sitting in a red light, and I hear 
again, not an audible voice, but it was so clear in my stomach. Because remember, if you're a follower, you know his voice. And I just heard something in me say, you will not go to the Bible school, you will go to Oral Roberts University. It had to be God, because I don't even know what Oral Roberts University is. I don't even know, what, what do you mean, Oral Roberts, a, a university? Well, what about the apartment? What about the Bible school? But I knew at a red light, a red light, God was speaking to me. And it shifted my life in such a way that it moved me off of my own thinking and plan and moved me a whole other way to the point I met Robin. We've got children. They're up here leading worship now. And and it's just mind-blowing that at a red light, God was looking 40 years to my future. And in a moment, there was no verse, there was no scripture. Uh, back then, there was, no, there was no hill song. It's a dude listening to 1970 music in a Toyota Tercel at a red light. And God knocks on the door and says, you're going to Oral Roberts University. And I perceived that voice to be God. And so I enrolled in Oral Roberts and moved 969 miles away for my belief, to meet the most beautiful woman in the world. But God got me there at a red light. Young folk, you don't need Match.com. Just ride around town and stop at red lights. (laughs) I'm going to save myself some money. Why do you always want to hit red lights? Because God might have my wife. (laughs) I don't know how it works, but it worked. The third thing I saw that touched my life this is very, very, these are very touching to me because they take me back to moments when God broke out of the heavenly realm and, and, and captured my heart. Amen. At this moment, I was, I was very, just very broken and anxious, and I was praying a prayer that I never could get answered. And I was like, God, man, you gotta got to talk to me. You got and just anxiety and fear and why won't God answer my prayer? Why won't this fear go away? And I would pray it over and over, but the fear, I, I really struggled with a deep fear of dying and it wouldn't go away. And I got in a shower and I was kind of ticked at God like he wouldn't answer my prayer and I cut the shower on. <laughs> and in the, in the middle of a shower, I heard him again. Like, why would the God of a universe at least give me some privacy to shower? Why, do you, why are you breaking down? I'm naked in a shower. Why do you want to talk to me now? But the, the moment I heard it, I knew the God of eternity was in that shower. And I only can tell you how because this is what I heard that day. Mark... You don't believe me. And I said in that shower, what do you mean I don't believe you? Like if you were if you were be listening from the other room, you'd only hear one side of a conversation. <laughs> but in my belly, I could hear the other side of the conversation. Mark, you don't believe me. And I'm like, God, I do believe. What do you mean I don't believe you? Of course I believe you. I have scriptures I'm standing on. And then I heard, you don't believe me because those who believe enter into rest. Oh, God, it's just like, it's like the, just the, 
the anxiety and the torment just <laughs> left my life. And I realized, oh my God, he's right. I'm not at rest. I'm tormented. Like if you believe you're at rest, I'm not at rest at all. I'm miserable. And in a shower, the God of eternity broke through to teach me a big lesson that people who really believe in him are just chilled. He just has it. He's got your back. He's got your marriage. Why are you? He's got your future. He's got your money. He's got your health. He's got your children. He's got your grandchildren. He's got your destiny. Just rest. And oh, in a shower. I don't even know if I rinse the soap off. I'm just like, oh, God. And again, it, it, was, it was seemingly externally a one-way conversation, but I know he lives in me. And if he lives in me, he talks to me. And if he talks to me, I can hear him and I know it to be his voice. And I understand the next way he spoke to me. Come on, somebody. Have I seen this movie? <laughs> oh, I don't even want to look at it. Like... This is how religious we are. God, like, creates the universe and decides it the movie. Me, eating buttered popcorn with milk duds. Come on, somebody. Ain't no better way, no better way to do buttered popcorn and chase it with some milk duds. I got buttered popcorn and milk duds and Diet Coke, Indiana Jones, it had hit the big screen. I mean, nobody, me, Indian. This was this was like the dude of my generation. Got the scar. He's tough. The knife. The whip. I mean, he's like, oh, Indiana. Oh, he's my hero. So I'm watching him. I'm eating. Robin's beside me. I'm just popping milk duds, wondering why I keep gaining weight. Buttered popcorn, Diet Coke, so I can stay skinny. <laughs> what I didn't tell you is prior to the movie. For a long time, I had been having another prayer with God. And another prayer I've been praying with God is, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why won't you? Why won't you? I don't understand. Why don't you answer me? Why don't you tell me? Why don't you make sense of this thing? I don't understand. So that had been my prayer for a while. And I'm sitting in this movie, and I'm just like, go, Indiana, go. Now, for those of you that have seen the movie, this is, this is like the highlight. He's already seen a dude blow up from drinking the cup of the Lord. He's already had a chat with the knight in shining armor that has been guarding it for thousands of years. And Indy is coming out with the cup of the carpenter in his hand. And he's running through the temple, Petra. And he's dodging rocks and bullets and demons and everything. And little Mark Evans Pentecostal is Oh, this is awesome. I hope my mother doesn't know I'm watching this because there's devils. But it's good. You know, I'm just watching it. Well, he trips. In the movie, he trips and the little goblet falls and ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, no. Oh, man, my heart's just racing a thousand miles an hour. And, the, and a goblet goes off into, a, into an abyss. But as only Hollywood could do, it's sitting on the little lip of a ledge. And I'm just going, oh, God, he's got to get it. He's got to get it. So Indy does what only Indy can do. He runs through Florida, does a third base slide, runs off, slides down, reaches over. And he's bam, got his finger on it. And good old Sean Connery. <laughs> only Sean can do. He's got his hand because that's his daddy. That's a great Hollywood father. And he's got his thing and Indy's stretching and Sean's got it, hearts racing. Oh, my milk duds are gone, but this is a good moment. 
And all of a sudden, here's what Sean says. Indy boy, let it go. (laughs) And as soon as he said it, why God would come off the throne and ruin my movie. As soon as he said, Indy boy, let it go. It was as if God, the creator of the universe, got on the big screen and looked me dead in the eye and said, boy, let it go. And the most overwhelming peace of all my prayers of God, where are you? Why? I heard his voice, son, let it go. Just trust me, son. Trust me. And as that daddy's going, Indy boy, Indy boy, let it go. Trust me, boy. I could hear my heavenly father through Sean Connery. How? How? How could an eternal God speak through an Englishman? I have no idea. But I've never, it is so resonant within me that even when when I see the picture, I know God spoke to me. I felt his voice. I felt the peace that it brought. I felt the answer that I got. Like only God could do weird things like this. And then the final one. Well, I'll give you two. Uh, I had just driven, driven back. I had just driven back from Alabama from committing adultery the night before. And I drive, drive to Atlanta. And for four months, I lived in my, my mom and dad's basement because I was a jerk and I needed help. And when you're a jerk and need help, mom's the only one that'll do it. Come on, son, I'll help you get your act together. And so for four months, after committing adultery, I stayed in my mom and dad's basement while my wife and children were mad and hurt and... I was hurt and friends were hurt and I would tell my parents every day my life screwed up. <laughs> I'm never going to do this again. I'm never going to preach again. I don't want to. I just want to do something else with my life. So that's kind of that's kind of this picture of my mother's basement like only an 80-year-old woman buys that kind of comforter. <laughs> She's laughing because it's true. That is her comforter. (laughs) It's the most ugly thing in the world. (laughs) But God will speak to you ugly sometime. And I'm sitting on the bed going, God, man, I messed my life up. I've just screwed my life over. My marriage is broken. I don't ever want to preach again. I don't want to do church again. I just need you to heal me and help me and fix me and, and, you know, Three months in a basement of nothing. And then just one moment, like only God can do, sitting on, the, on that on a comforter, I hear his voice again. Mark, I can't heal you if you're negative. I can't fix your marriage when you're negative. And all of a sudden, I knew in an instant that my problem in my life was not adultery. God could fix that. My problem was I had a root of negativity about everything. I was negative about everything. And God showed me the roots of all the negative thoughts and the negative things. And I remember sitting on that bed and I told God, I will never, ever again be negative. 
That was March of 2011. I will never let a dad blame negative thing ever get in my brain again. Thank you, God. And I felt again, just the most overwhelming, peaceful, like there's hope. I have hope now. I called Robin. I said, Robin, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. God spoke to me. She said, what did he say? I said, I've just been negative. Like, that's my problem. I've just been negative about everything. Negative about marriage. Negative about church. Negative about people and ministry and God and me and us and everything. She said, well, are you willing to do this, 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 and this? And I said, honey, I'll do this, 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 and that. I just want to come home. She said, good, then you can come home, honey. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I came home, and look at what God has done, right? God fixes your mess. God talks to you on the middle of a comforter because he cares about your marriage. And, and And to the best of my ability, I mean, to this day, I just despise negativity. I'm not going there. I've been there. I've had a bedroom experience. And the final one, I've had many, but I I felt like I just wear you out telling you all of them. But the last one is this. Robin and I had moved here on this corner to pastor. And it was going okay, but it's just like, God, why did you send us here? I know I'm glad I can help mom and dad. I don't know if this was the dream of my life, but I'm happy to be here. I love it here. Um, You know, I I just want to feel like I'm making a difference. I don't... I just need you to talk to me, God. And at that time, many of you weren't even here yet, but we were in this room like this, and there was a 10-foot ceiling. It was a 100-year-old building. It smelt like poop in the basement because the basement was just never could get rid of the smell. So if you just walked in, you just walked in the door, and rather than welcome to believers, it was like, dude, who went to the bathroom? Oh. And it would always come on cold days when the barometric pressure was different. And it just was like, this is the most, uh, God, awful smell. You could even see new people like, what is this going on? So, you know, and, and when you, you know, you got the spirit of God, but you got doo-doo. It just, they just, it, it doesn't matter how anointed you are. It's like, dude, I'm never going back. I can't do it. It's just... So I was like, God, what are we going to do? I, I mean, I know we want to move forward. We don't have the money. We don't have the people. And so th- those have been my prayer. Robin and I went to New York, and we went kind of like a honeymoon getaway kind of thing just together. And so she and I are staying in New York, walking down the street, not even thinking about God. I mean, I think about God there. It's just New York. It's like, wow, we're going to the Statue of Liberty. We're going up. We're going to see all the sights. I'm just walking down the street, and only, only like God, like, why do you show up in these weird, why don't you show up in my prayer closet? When I'm praying and expecting you to show up, I'm walking down. Robin is drinking a coffee. That's before I got addicted. So I'm just walking with her. She's drinking a coffee, and I hear a voice. Again, I perceive it to be the voice of God. Mark, why don't you show me your plans and watch what I do? And I knew immediately that I had heard the voice of God. I came home, and I'm like, oh, God. And I called Chris. I said, hey, dude. 
I really felt like when I was in New York, I called elders. I felt like when I was in New York, I heard a voice. I think it was God. He said, show me your plans and watch what I do. So Chris drew all these plans up because we're going to watch what God does. We took the plans to the bank. The bank said, nada. And I came back and said, God, I thought you told me you would show me what you were going to do. Why don't you do what you told me you would do? And the Lord said, well, show me the plans. I did show the plans, and I showed them to the bank, but the bank didn't agree with the plans I showed them. So I showed them to a second bank. We're not giving you the money. Showed them to a third bank. Why? Because when God speaks, you just keep going. Somebody, somewhere, God's going to show me what he's going to do. Finally, a bank came through and the bank said, okay, we'll give you the money. We'll give you the money to build the kids' center. We'll give you the money to redo this. And now we got to move out on a Saturday, right? Anybody remember Saturday, church? Ugh. We decided to close the whole thing down, gut the whole church, and move to Saturday, church. And I was standing right over there where Mr. Reggie and Michael are sitting on that back corner. And I was building one of these tables to take with us because we needed a third one. It was Saturday. We're going to start at 5 o'clock. This is about 2. And I get a text. Hey, pastor, are you at the church? And I said, yeah. I didn't really know the guy that well, but I knew he had come. This is Saturday, three hours before. He walks in this door that was over here. He stands here and he said, God told me I have to help you. And I was like, hey, praise God. You can help me load the table. What? <laughs> I'll take all the help a brother can get. I wasn't thinking New York. I wasn't thinking those plans. I wasn't thinking, show me the plans and watch what I do. But he sat there and he said, God told me I'm to give you $50,000 to help you. And I heard this voice. I heard the voice. I told you, watch what I do. And all I can say to you now, from a year and a half of ups and downs and emotions and Everything that happened, you're sitting in what God spoke to me in New York. And you're reaping the voice of God. I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> but, it, but it does bring this to mind after telling you that is this thought. If God does speak, what does he sound like? Because, well, yeah, Sean Connery. That sounds like Sean. <laughs> You know, this is kind of hard because how do you explain what somebody sounds like? Like if my mother calls, she doesn't go, honey, it's Mar, this is mom. And I'm like, oh, really? Prove it. She, she just, I call her every morning, this is how it goes. Ring, 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 ring. She doesn't even hear my voice. Her first thing's, how's my son? I don't even say anything before she says, how's my son? Why? Because a relationship, he calls me every morning at this time. I know his number. I know his voice. And if I don't call her, she'll say, I was wondering what happened to you. <laughs> so it's very hard for me to say, how does June Evans sound? Like how, I, I can kind of tell you, well, glory! <laughs> and it's loud! And you can find her on the other side of the mall without a GPS because you can listen to how loud she talks. That's about all I can explain to you. But I can tell you, you put her in the Douglasville Mall, put me in the parking lot, I'll tell you if she's in there or not. I can hear her a mile away because I know her voice. I just know what she sounds like. 
because I have a relationship with her. So when I say, what does God sound like? It's like, well, sometimes he just sounds like a thought I have. Sometimes in a weird way, he sounds like my dad. Sometimes he sounds like the Bible, a preacher's sermon. A, I don't really know how to explain what he sounds like. I just know it to be him. And I think that's the way God works. Like, like if we could really say this is what he sounds like, like get it on a recording and go, this is his actual voice, then I think it kind of loses the, 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 the authenticity of his divinity because he sounds like God to you. And he sounds like God to me. Well, what's he sound like to you? God. So now it's like, well, then how do we define that so that we're all on the same page? So here's what I've done. I've just gone through some times where God broke into humanity and spoke and then kind of let you know what he sounds like. So here's the first one. Number one, God's voice always gels with his nature. His voice will never contradict his nature. I've said this before about my dad. If you called me and said, I talked with your dad, your dad cussed me out. Then my comment would be, you didn't talk with my dad. Oh, yes, I did. I had his number. I called his number. He answered the phone, cussed me out. I would say, well, it wasn't my dad. I never even heard my dad cuss. I did see him look at my mother one time and probably thought it, but he never said it. She was eating his pie and he got a little angry. But I've never heard him say a bad word. You see, I mean, we even expect that of each other. I know somebody's nature. They're, they're not that way. If you said to me, I saw Mark at a strip club, hopefully most of you would go, Mark? He lives with all women. Why would he go there? He's seen enough bras and underwear to keep a man happy for years. He lives with them. They're everywhere in his house. So see, I hope you would know my nature. But if you said something like, Mark told me he'd do something and forgot, yeah, of course. That's Mark's nature. Mark's going to tell you something and forget. You see what I'm saying about a nature? Well, God, God sounds like his nature. So now we just got to know his nature. What is his nature? Here is, here's his nature. In the beginning, verse 1 of the Bible... The Spirit of God was hovering and God said. We don't even get three verses into the Bible that God is speaking. There's no humans yet, but God wanted us all to know He's a speaking God. Before you ever got here, He put His voice into everything in a weird way. Don't go too weird on me. This holds the voice of God. Every bit of creation holds the DNA of His speaking. It's why he can speak to the winds and they obey and say the rocks will praise me if you don't and the trees will clap their hands. Why? Because my DNA of life is in everything. But this is what he said. He said, God said, let there be light. And so if you go to 1 John 1, uh, 5, it says this, God is light and in him there's no darkness. So what it tells me about the voice of God, it will always reveal and gel with him more than you. It's his nature. So sometimes people will say, well, God said, and I go, yeah, that's not God. doesn't even sound like him. You have to know him. Here's the second thing. The second thing is, if it's God, it leaves no room for evil. So for the people that say, God told me to murder this person. God told me to divorce this person. God told me, and, we, and it's connected to evil. It's never God. If it's connected to evil, it's made for Netflix. 
It's not God. It's a documentary of a weird psycho person. Because God, his voice, leaves zero room for evil. There was a person years ago that was keeping some cats for some families in our church way back when. And he drowned all the cats. And they came back and he had drowned all the cats. But he said God told him to drown the cats. So he could raise them back from the dead. Well, we found out later the guy was schizophrenic and was in a mental war, but didn't know that at the time. But people will say that God told him to do things. This is why the priest will say to the little boys, God told me you're to sleep with me to absolve your sins and have sex with little boys. This is why the cult leaders will say, you must follow me or die or, 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 or marry me or give me your child to have sex with because we, we, we tag God to our evil agendas and we want God to override the evil. God will never override the evil. So that's enough of that one. Here's a scripture. When God speaks to Adam and Eve, he warns them. You can, you can freely do things except, and then he defines good and evil. God's the one that defines good and evil, not just what you think you hear in your head. That's enough of that one. The next one is this. God's voice always moves you to repent. So now repent, if we're not careful, we take that to mean I'm doing something really dirty and then God talks to me and I turn and do something really clean. Kind of it bears sin versus no sin, repentance. But, but that's not really the, the fullness of the word Repentance means that you shift complete directions and go the other way. So Mark is going to Bible school. The voice of God comes and what does it do? It turns me the other way to my destiny. It wasn't that going to Bible school was evil and God had to step in. It's that when his voice came, it was God saying, I need you to do life my way. So when God speaks, he's always speaking to move me to his way, not just affirm my way. And sometimes we're begging God for answers. God, please speak. God, please tell me. And what we're really saying is, give me the answer that I want. And God needs to step in and say, Mark, boy, let it go. In other words, I'm not going to give you the answer you want because I'm God. Just let it go. Because God wants to move me to His way. He wants to move me to doing life His way. This is why it's very challenging to really want God to speak to you. Because if you're really praying for Him to speak to you, you really need to get ready that He's probably going to lead you to what He wants you to do versus Him. Here's the scripture just so you can have it. And God called to Adam and Eve. This is right after He sinned. And just ask a question. I just want to know where you are. God often speaks to us because He wants to shift the course of our life. He wants to send us somewhere that He has a destiny. Here's the next one. These are just ways you can kind of know it sounds like God. God always sounds more about Him than you. Be very careful of people who use God's name and thus saith the Lord to push their agenda. God is usually typically more about His mission so when he steps in, it's to move his mission forward, and he just wants to borrow you. I would like to use you. I want to speak to you to do this for me. Here's the scripture, Genesis 6. So God said to Noah, look at, look at what he says. I've decided I'm going to do something, and I need you to build me a boat. And oftentimes when God speaks to us, it's because he's decided something, 
And He wants to invite us into what He's decided to become part of His plan. And oftentimes the reason we don't hear God clearly is we're inviting Him into our plan and wanting Him to bless it. Nothing wrong with that. But I often find that when God really does break into humans to talk to us, He's really kind of moving me more away from Mark and more toward what He wants out of me. What He wants me to accomplish for Him. Here's the next one. And I'm just going to... This is a big one. I won't take a lot of time. Everything that sounds like God will always gel with the Bible. I called it the Ten Commandments, but... The Ten Commandments find themselves in the New Testament too. Here's the scripture when he says, uh, you know, Jesus will say this. He will say, everything in the law is just summed up. Love God, love your neighbor. Just love God, love your neighbor. Exodus 19, Moses gets the word. He says, write these instructions down. So that if we really want to be honest and say, well, God does speak today and God does, you know, talk to us. The one thing we have to land on is it will never violate His commands, His written commands. One thing we know of God all through the Old Testament, He could never violate His own written command. You either obeyed it or you didn't. You obeyed it or you died. I mean, He was pretty clear. Today, the Ten Commandments kind of sit on a, you know, a wall somewhere. But God gives us this written thing because this sits at the highest pinnacle of holding us accountable to it will always and never negate it's been written. Right? It's, God told me to do this. Well, there's a clear scripture that says don't. So, don't. You don't really need God to speak. Just read the Bible. That's what I've heard a lot. Just read the Bible. He'll talk to you. I have no problem with that because it is true. It sits at the highest pinnacle of hearing Him. However, the issue becomes... When I can't find a scripture that says go to ORU. I can't find the scripture let it go. I can't find give your five dollars in an offering. I can't find show me the plans and watch what I do. So now I have the problem is either I'm not hearing anything and that's all fake and this is only thing true because some people believe this is the only way God talks. But then I have a problem if this is the only way God talks... What does the little tribal people do in the jungle that don't have a Bible? They never hear anything? God's like, yeah, I'd love to say something to them, but I'm God, I'm not, until a missionary goes and gives them a Bible. Or is God big enough to step into that culture to that chief and talk to him through a banana? I don't know, but he talked to people in bushes, donkeys, rocks, rainstorms. He talked to them. I don't know why he chose to talk through a donkey, but he did. I guess if he could talk through a donkey, then he could talk to a banana now. Right? I mean, that's just how big God is to want to communicate with us. He wants to talk with us. He wants to give us his rule, his law. He wants to give us his will, his purposes. But sometimes God is like, you know, Mark, I need you to go to ORU. And in the concordance, no matter how much you look, you're never going to find Oral Roberts in the back of it. Unless you have his Bible, of course. So I need to speak outside of this realm whereby I can have you follow me as you... Now, I gave you five of them. As you hear and follow, you're safe because you have all this nature of God. 
his written word, his character, his... So this becomes the thought now. How can I tell if it's God or me? Whew. Okay, was that God or is that me? Okay, I just heard, show me the plan, watch what I do. Show me the plan. Is that me or God? Oh, Jesus. I heard go to ORU. What if I don't even know what ORU is? What is a... Oh, you want me to go to a university where a guy saw a 90-foot Jesus? Oh, no. I can't do that. I, just, whew, I don't want to go. You see what I'm saying? I mean... I'm eating milk duds, let it go. Was that God telling me let it go or let it go, don't eat milk duds anymore? Oh, no. Let it go, don't eat milk duds, let it go. Is that God? Is it God or is it me? Is it me or is it God? I want to marry that person, but I don't know if it's God. I want to work there, but I don't know if it's God. I don't know what to do. How do we tell if it's God or me? I'm about to drop a truth bomb that will help you the rest of your life because it's helped me. Here's the truth bomb. It's always you. Good, I got four chuckles. They were all from old people. <laughs> It's always you. Stop blaming it on God. It's God speaking, but it's always you. He will never lay you out and make you say things you don't want to say. He needs you to be submitted. He needs to speak to you. He needs to speak through you. Here's the scripture. It's mind-blowing. God works in different ways. But... God does the work in us. In other words, yes, He speaks, but it's always you. It's your voice. It's your thought. It's your perception of was that or was that not God. And then all of that going on in me because I'm a follower merging with my mind. Is that me? Of course it's you. Well, when you speak, of course it's your voice. But yet it comes with the touch of God on it. It's your thought, but yet it comes with the touch of his mind. But it is you. Because when I think it's me, it keeps me humble enough to know I can blow it. I can literally miss it. I can literally hear the wrong thing and think I'm hearing the right thing. Such as the woman who was a friend of ours years ago, God told her to write the final chapters of Revelation. What? And God told her there's a 23rd chapter that never got written, so she wrote it. How awesome is that from an idiot? Right? It's like... You're the only human in the world that hears to write the 23rd chapter of Revelation? Come on. But she genuinely believed she heard God say, write it. I'm thinking, that's not God, honey. You either had too much pizza, you're smoking weed, or something, because God doesn't tell you to write the 23rd chapter. Not to her, he did. So let's just be clear that we can hear God. We do hear God, but because we're human and he works through us, it is of us, and it can be missed. Because here's, here's the reality of the thing. Let's go to the next point. Here's the next thought. If God is working in us, then how can we be certain not to blow it? Because there's been a many people that blown it. The lady prophesied to me right before I married Robin. And this was the words. The Lord told me, if you marry Robin you will split the church in two and cause this church to be divided and it will be destroyed because you marry her. Wow. Like my marriage is so powerful. It could destroy the church of the living God. Whew. 
I need to get married and get an Iron Man suit. I didn't. You see what I'm thinking? I mean, it sounds godly when you're the one prophesying. It sounds like I heard the Lord. It sounds like she was right, but I listened to it, and I'm like, that doesn't even sound like God. Like, if I marry Robin, I'm going to destroy the whole church? But yet, if we're not careful, it's easy to get so convoluted. Oh, God, am I obeying? Oh, is this God? So how do we really know that we don't blow it? Because here's the truth. God does speak through humans. God speaks through me. God speaks through you. We just have to be careful that we don't just constantly go, well, the Lord said, well, God told me, well, thus saith the Lord. Because the moment we do, you trump everything. What can I say to that if it's God? So here's two things that I've worked out that just genuinely work. Because there's been times I feel like I hear God. There's been times I've missed it. There's been times I'm trying to hear it. There's been times I know I've heard it. But like, how can we all just be safe so that we don't wind up in a cult following weird people to do weird things? Preachers saying, if you leave here, you'll be cursed. Those kind of things. Here's what I've worked out. If you want to use it, you can. Here's the first one. I have found that when I bring God's voice into us rather than just me, it's safer. Because the worst thing in the world are lone ranger prophets. Come here, come here a minute. Come here, come here. I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. No. If you're having to whisper it, I don't want to hear it. I need to hear it publicly where we can judge it. I need you to stay around long enough where we can judge your fruit before you start saying, thus saith the Lord. Because when God speaks, the moment I say he speaks through the church, to the church, I have to bring us all in. And I stop these weird parking lot prophets where God told me to tell you, but nobody's close enough to judge whether it's right or not. So if we're going to really say this is God, then put it out there publicly and let us judge it. And if it's not God, let us call you a false prophet. You be good with it, I'll be good with it. Just to show you how powerful this is, there was a lot of me's out there a few months ago. The Lord spoke to me, Trump's getting back in. Oh, God gave me a dream. Trump's back. Trump's going in for the second term. Oh, the Lord spoke to me. Pray, saints. Fast, saints. God gave me a dream. I saw this and that. And Nancy Pelosi was riding a stick. She must be a witch. The Lord showed me. And God, God's going to put Trump in. Come on, the Lord's going to do it. The prophets are prophesying second term for Trump. We've got even a guy years ago talking about Trump going to be Trump. He's dead and gone now, but he prophesied he's probably real. And we're sharing it on Facebook, this is what God's saying, listen to what God's saying, and then Trump didn't make it. I got a problem. If you're going to call yourself a prophet and prophesy Trump's going to get in and he doesn't get in, get off Facebook. Stop telling me everything. Or at least let us do what they did in the Old Testament, kill you. It would stop 99% of people prophesying. If you blow it, we kill you. What's God telling you? Most of us, we got nothing. Man, what's God, what's God telling you? Dude, he ain't spoke to me in months. I ain't got a clue. It would shut us up, would it not? But because there's no way to judge you, you can just say anything you want and say, God gave me the dream. 
God gave me the word. But the reason, if you want to know it's God, God sounds like God when it's in his body where it can be judged. For you shall know them by their fruit. So I'm much more apt when somebody comes to me and says, Mark, praying for you and God said. I'm much more apt, I'm going to pick on Kyle. If Kyle Berryhill comes to me and says, Pastor Mark, I was praying for you and I felt the Lord told me, my ears would perk up and go, I need to listen to him because I know Kyle. I, I know, I've known him for a while. I feel good about it. If my mother calls me and says, Mark, I was praying for you and the Lord wants you to... I'd be like, okay, tell me, Mom. Because I know their fruit. And when you know somebody's fruit, it's a lot easier to go, well, if, if Chris Redmond calls and says, Pastor, I was praying for you today and the Lord told me to tell you, I'd be like, dude, thank you so much. But if some random Joe Blow comes in, the Lord told me to tell you the Shekinah glory is leaving your church. I'd be like, I don't even know who you are. Thank you for coming and hanging out. As a matter of fact, Shekinah's always here with her husband, David. <laughs> right? I mean, both of them are hearing God, but I'm just much more apt to listen if I know your fruit. If you're batting one for 50, maybe you need to quit blaming God. If you're saying God said, God said, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, and you're striking out every time, just hush, buy a shirt, says, listen to me, I don't ever hear God. That's a lot easier to follow you. Now, I do know, without being funny, there are some people that are spot on all the time. I've learned to listen to them. Here's the scriptures of we versus me. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. It's a lot better to say safe when somebody says the Lord told me, but we got 50 people to go, okay, this is or is not God. This is why occult leaders are so powerful because they separate themselves from the body. They proclaim themselves as God's leader. Then they quote, how dare you touch the anointed? So there's nobody that can really ever speak to me to tell me anything because I've separated myself in holiness. But the way God works is... He wants to work it all together. Here's another scripture. While I was there, Paul said, I met privately with those who are considered leaders of the church. I shared with them the message I've been getting from God. I just wanted to make sure they were in agreement. In other words, you can hear things that could be of God, but the assumption is you need to be in a body where that can be judged. So we can know, is this really God or is it just you? Well, Paul says, I just took it to a group of leaders in the church and, and shared it. And I just let them tell me if it's God or not. See, the beauty of that is it keeps us safe. It, it also lets us know that God can speak to the younger as well as the older. But this is why discipleship is so important. Discipleship is important. So Shiloh can say, man, I was praying and felt like the Lord told me this. What do you think, Mark? And I go, that sounds pretty good. Let me think about it. And then I go to Dad and go, Shiloh felt like. And we can go to Chris. And then we can go to different people. And, and by the time we all look at it, we go, man, that pretty much seems to be God talking to you. Here's the second thing I've learned. You just need somebody in your life that can tell you you're wrong. Because if we're not careful, we can say, God told me, and then it leaves no room for error. Nobody can ever tell you you're wrong. 
So the way I've done it in this church is I try to hear the Lord. I try to say, God, what do you want me to say and do? And then I run that by my wife. I get her input. I call my dad, get his input. I call my mom. I call Chris. I call David. I call Ray, different people, Burl. I got enough people, Phil, David, uh, Louie. I've got about 14 people in my life right now at this present moment that if Mark Evans hears something outside of the foundation of the Bible where I perceive it to be God, I've set myself up with a group of people that can tell me, bro, you're just wrong. And then in that moment, I go, cool, leaving that alone, not even going to touch it, not going to try to dig it out and prove if I'm right. If y'all think I'm wrong, I'm not going there. I'm going to move on to something else. And it's kept me safe. It's kept me from doing stupid things, hearing the wrong thing. So if you really want to press into God and hear His voice, get somebody in your life that can tell you you're wrong. Because it will help you balance out learning to listen versus not. Here's the scripture. But when Peter came to Antioch, Paul had to oppose him because he was very wrong. Even the best of us can miss it. Peter is like the father of the church, and he missed it. Even the ones of us that have the purest of hearts can miss it sometime. But if we'll stay in community together, if we'll stay in fellowship together, if we'll let the body judge the fruit of our personal lives before we say, Thus saith the Lord, If we'll all just be humble enough to go, we need leaders to disciple us. And if those leaders tell me I'm wrong, those that I'm submitted to, well, then I probably am. We will do much better at being a testimony to the world than just standing up with random things on Facebook that God gave me one night. And then the world is out there going, so where are all the prophets now? that have said Trump would do this or Trump, and now everybody's rewriting their prophecies. Well, he will have a second term. It'll be 2024. The prophets are always right. You know, I mean, that's just how we do it. So the question becomes, are you willing to be part of a body long term? Are you willing to stay in a body long enough to where people can know your fruit? Are you willing to follow God and say, He can speak to me? And if He does, He can turn me to His life. And are you willing to have somebody in your life that can just say, Bro, you're wrong. This needs to change in your life. Because when we get that way, we will be a powerful force on the planet Earth. Amen. Give God a hand. I hope that helped you a little bit. (laughs) Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Now, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what you need. I tried to be as, you know, simple as I could on that. But God does talk to us. Now, I don't know if you're in a marriage situation right now. Maybe like me sitting on a bed crying out, a shower. Where are you, God, when I need you? A movie. You know, I don't know what your prayer is. I don't know what you're really asking God to do for your life. But I know this about my Heavenly Father. He will talk to you. Sometimes in the strangest of ways, He'll talk to you. But He also wants you to be part of a family of people, a community. of. He wants you to be part of a people that can walk it with you and help you know His voice even better. He wants you to be submitted to people in your life that can help you know if you're wrong or on the right path, that can speak truth to you when you need to hear it. But I know today and my prayer today was is that He would open your heart 
so you would be willing to let him speak to you. And whatever he says to you, you'd be willing to judge it. And you'd be willing to say, God, if this is you, then I'll move to Tulsa. I'll do whatever you want me to do, God, that I may know your voice and I may hear you. That's been my prayer for you today. So marriage, money, health, family, whatever it is, that God would speak to you today. And God, like he did me, he will bring you to his nature. And his nature is one of life and light. The Bible says in John 1, in him was life and the light was the light of men. God is always moving you to light and life. To give you hope when you feel like I can't cry anymore. To give you strength when you feel like I just can't go on anymore. He brings his voice in the midnight hour. In the middle of a busy New York City street, a, a movie theater. If you'll just follow him, if you'll make him priority, you better believe your father will break into your life. That still small voice you hear that you think, well, that was just my thought. Well, he lives in you if you're born again and he talks to you. He communes with you. He wants the best for you. He, he, wants, he wants you to want what he wants for you. So today as you come forward for communion, I pray that you would put your life at his feet. I pray that you would just say to him, Father, Jesus said, if I follow, I would know your voice. Teach me your voice. Maybe you're so new at it, you have no clue what that sounds like. We'll find you some old people that do hear. And say, teach me what he sounds like. Teach me to hear him. Teach me to know his voice. Hey, I've heard this. What do you think? Man, as you practice that, you'll only get better and better. Ten years down the road, you'll be like, oh, I know that's God. I've heard him time and time again. He communes with me. You'll open your Bible. He'll speak to you. So, Father, today I bless this house. I bless the communion. I bless the word that it'll find good ground in our heart and give us hope to believe that you will break through and speak to us when we need it most. Would you stand with me, if you will? Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message.